Valley Life Church exists to make disciples and plant churches. Inside Valley Life Church is a series of interviews with pastors, deacons, and volunteers to give listeners a fuller picture of all that's happening in our disciple-making church planting family. And I'm Brian. I'm here with Sterling Edwards. It's great to be here. We haven't done one of these in a, in a few weeks. I think it's been a month. Is that really? I think so. Man, I know that uh, I've missed I've missed doing them. I'm glad that we get a chance to come back and talk about this sermon from yesterday, which is a big it was a big topic uh, yesterday. It was a big it was a big chapter. The topic existed within a chapter, and there's a lot of stuff in that chapter surrounding the big topic. Yeah. So that's what we were just talking about earlier. Is it's hard to pull Paul's specific scenario. Uh, you know, pull that out and try to understand what he's going through in chapter 10 and how he chooses to address it. And I wanted to get at that because it'll help us with the other, you know, chapter 11, 12 and 13. But man, such a nugget in there about winning the war that goes on inside of us. Right. And I think that when we're talking about this and we're, we're talking about Paul's war, but we're each in a war We're all of us are in a war. Yeah. And I think that that came out so clearly yesterday that uh, there's a war, and then we're trying to talk through these weapons uh, that we need in order to wage war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Paul's, Paul's is simply, he, he's got detractors, and it is they call him a coward. They say that he's physically non-imposing and that he's greedy. But regardless of what his accusa- you know, the accusations against him, we're all dealing with uh, accusation from the enemy, accusation from other people, and then, of course, the one of the biggest ones is just our own self accusation stuff we're afraid of that might be true about ourselves. Yeah. And I know that we, we went into the, you went into that uh, yesterday and talking about uh, what goes on, maybe the conversations we have with ourselves and, and how we feel like uh, we're not good or we feel like maybe we're not worthy. And uh, let's just dive right into that. You, you, you went deep into that yesterday by just talking about that. Not only are we not good, we're, worse we're worse off than what we even think we are yeah one of the things that they were upset with paul you know they the things they said is um we're afraid that this guy walks in the flesh and and in verse three of you know chapter 10 he said yeah i am alive in the flesh that's true i'm just a normal dude but the way i approach um spiritual warfare is not with my flesh yeah so it doesn't matter that i'm not a physically imposing person or my voice isn't he said it's really about the weapons of the spirit. And that's got, I mean, it has to impact you and me and anybody that's listening. The stuff that's going on, the invisible stuff, which is, of course, the eternal stuff. Right. We got to approach that from the, from the spirit with the weapons. He doesn't ever tell us what the weapons are, but he says what they can do. Right. So they tear down strongholds. Yeah, I think one of the things I thought of, uh, and I I know I already told you this, but I sat through both sermons and I appreciated curing it twice. And and I say that because there's the one frame of mind that I have when I'm aware that my own personality even is to, I'm pretty even kill. Like I I take things in stride. Uh, I want to think that I'm not easily rattled by these things. But also that can lead to me being kind of passive. Mm. It, it means that I'm, I'm sometimes more reluctant towards uh, utilizing the weapons. And I, I really heard this charge. And, and again, I, 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 I'm saying it for my own life. I heard this charge and challenge that the weapons are to be used offensively, not, right. to, not to lean back, but to really plow forward. Like we've got to attack these things. Yeah. And it's, 
it, you're you're right in like putting your finger on it is it seems like a non-christian culture yeah thing not that it's a sin it's just not a part of christian culture to go after really anything yeah. and and to be in attack mode right. and it and the commentaries that i read one they went through you know to great lengths to point out all the warfare language yeah. that paul uses and i tried to do that in the sermon and I don't know, there's a bunch in here. He, he said he's going to wage war, use weapons, destroy strongholds, tear down obstacles, take captives, and punish rebels. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and I know that, uh, that your, your Al Capone quote uh, <laughs> yeah. was there too, but I mean, when you're saying, do not mistake my kindness for weakness, yeah. um, I, I think that, again, I, you know, I listen to these things and I mold them over them Um I, I think that there's times where uh, I really am guilty of that, that, that um, uh, in the name of kindness, right. I've shown myself to be, to be weak. And, and I think that there, there's got to be this ownership and this um, uh, strength that is willing to, uh, to fight. Yeah. And, and the, I think that what I got a lot out of yesterday was the call is to fight. Like, we got to fight. You remember a couple of weeks ago, I used, and I can't remember the name of the guy, because he's not a famous guy. I just read it somewhere. But I used his quote, and he said, do not pray for an easy life. Yeah. Pray to be stronger. Yeah. It's written right up there on my board. Yeah. But, and in fact, it's the name of my calendar. You know, you can name right. your calendar. I know. I did see that, actually. <laughs> That's true. So I'm not praying that my calendar gets easier. I'm praying that I become stronger. Right. And I know, you know, it's in here. Paul says, uh, in my weakness, that he's strong. Yeah, he is proven strong and he makes his people strong. Right. So when I, it's and that's not any different than phys, physically when you recognize your weakness, that's how you're going to get stronger even in the flesh. Right. And you yeah. lean into your weakness and you go to the point of weakness or fatigue or muscle failure or whatever. That's not different than the spiritual life. Right. So I, I all I'm saying is Christian culture doesn't really prioritize strength right. as it should yeah. because all of the prior you know prioritizing of weakness is good insofar as it leads to strength right yeah i think we do want i think we do want easy i think that we, and a lot of times again we we think of something's going wrong or or things don't aren't going according to our plans we think we did something wrong uh, i remember thinking that maybe, maybe yeah. i'm being punished for yeah. for something but the whole call is, I mean, going all the way back, I know it goes before um, Joshua, but, when, you know, when he repeats that over and over again to Joshua at the beginning, or be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, uh, he is not telling him that he's not going to be facing obstacles. Right. <laughs> the, I mean, he is going to face obstacles. Yep. So it's it's good that if, if this is some sort of a turn, if this is some sort of a change of direction for people, I'm encouraging everyone to take this turn. Let us be strong in our faith. And where there are these, um, in mostly inside, some of them, some of them are from Satan. Some of them are from people. Most of them are on the, just the inside of our heart. When, when uh, things come against us, I do say be strong and attack them. The question is, with what do we attack them? And that's where the I think the surprising part comes in. Yeah, but that also leads to 
another one of your your points. You had a lot of points yesterday. Yeah, I mean, there was no question. There was a lot. But what the, when you were talking about how the problem isn't the problem, mm-hmm. uh, that then leads us to understand that when we are attacking, we've got to be we've got to attack the right thing. Yeah. So you know, it's the e- I guess the easiest example is always a. In, in a marriage, you know, husband and a wife are bickering about something. And, you know, certainly there's a lot of examples like that in my life, but it could be you and the kids or stuff at work or even your own battle with your own body. Yeah. Okay. Any of it, it's, it's not the, on the surface. It's not the thing that's on the surface. It really comes down to, you know, one guy said, do I have the glasses on that God loves me? Right. And if I, if I put on the other glasses of, well, maybe he doesn't love me. You know, that's a whole different, that's a whole identity shift. Yes. So if I can see my life that God loves me and he is allowing stuff into my life um, and I'm not going to pray that my life gets easier, I'm going to pray to be stronger. Yeah. Then the problem isn't the problem. The problem is I'm not strong enough for this. That's right. And boy, that's so hard to do. Yeah. I think it, I think it is hard, but I think identifying what, what the root of the problem is or, or we're going to sp- if we don't identify the root of the problem or what the specific problem is we spend our lives just kind of putting out these uh arbitrary fires or what yeah. seem to be and and we're we're going to just perpetually yeah spend our time uh on the wrong thing and i don't think i have been exposed to a lot of talk like this i feel a little ill-equipped frankly even yeah. just sitting here talking about it because i'm not used to i don't have 20 years 30 years of talking about how to take control of my thought life. Yep. And like Paul says, drag those thoughts over to Jesus and force them to obey him. Yeah. I'm not used to talking about it. I'm used to saying, let's pray when we're sick that my cold goes away. And let's pray that my marriage gets better. Yeah. But there isn't a lot of talk about, hey, that thought that you have that she's mistreating you, drag that thing over to Christ and force it down to kneel before the King of Kings. Yeah. One of the first sermons that I heard you preach since we've been here, which is now nine, nine months, I got almost nine months. But you, you said something about, uh, and, and I've heard you say it a few times, but b- being right mm-hmm. is not the most important thing. Yeah. In fact, you're more dangerous when you're right than when you're wrong. And to me, that falls in line with what we're talking about, yeah. about what, what's, the, what's the problem here. The problem is not making sure that I know that I'm right or making sure that my wife knows that I'm right to try to prove my point. There's yeah. something else that's going on. Yeah. And I think that when we try to attack, attack the things on the surface, um, almost never do we really even get what we're, what we're going after. You yeah. know, we're not really getting that sense of, uh, I, 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 I've owned my rightness or whatever the, the ramification is. But I think when we're trying to get down to the bottom of it, and so you know, you listed some of these things here, you know, uh, that uh, addiction and and some of the other big things that there's something underneath each one of those uh, that is driving us, and I think that that's why we've got to be equipped uh, and ready to uh, to go after these things, and uh, uh, I think that that's significant. Y- you also talked about um, that how important it is to to build these things or, 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 or grow and grow in those areas. Yeah. So if he says you can, because he's going to, and I, and I think that means that we can too, use the weapons of our warfare, which are not fleshly to tear down strongholds, whether they are arguments or lofty opinions, no matter what they are, if they're strongholds, 
like you said, addiction or the way we're trying to take care of our body or relationships or whatever. We're going to tear down these strongholds. If you can do that, then that's what builds up. Now, the problem is it creates conflicts. So do not pray for an easy life. Pray to be stronger. And when you exercise that strength, it's going to create conflicts. In his specific scenario, it's the Corinthian church. And he's, he, you kind of want him to just like let it go, man. You're, you're going to make trouble in the church. And he said, I'm not going to do it because yeah. this builds. Yeah. Now, my premise is, if that's true of Paul, it's true of you. When right. you when you use these um, spiritual weapons to tear down arguments and lofty opinions that builds and you're afraid that it's going to tear people apart. It don't do that. Right. You you talked about the weapons and I know we're going to talk about this a lot more in January. I can't wait. I I know that sounds so crazy because I love Christmas and I love this whole season. I'm looking very forward to the first things first. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it, but you talk about the weapons and um, prayer, Bible church. We know that those are such huge components for us uh but how do those how do those play out as as weapons that we use well they are spiritual uh whereas we are flesh and when we when we get out of the flesh which is to say the problem is not the problem um somebody came in and said tell tell my wife to let me back in the house they don't go to this church just someone in the neighborhood wanted me to call their wife that i don't know yeah and say, I'm a pastor, you have to let this guy live back in the house. When you get out of that mindset and think, hey, there is a spiritual world going on here, and I'm going to lean into that, and the weapons of the Spirit are talking and and listening to God, prayer, reading His Word, and availing yourself to the body of Christ— that's what he has given us to do. Now, it's, that's what he's given us to do the warfare with. And it's so hard right. from my spot, from this chair, to convince someone on the other side of this table that that is the answer to what's going on in your life. That guy looked at me like I was the most idiot. Like, yeah, I guess I could try to do that if you want. But are you going to text her and tell her to let me in or not? Right. And I'm like, bro, you are lit- <laughs> literally, you know, like fig- you are figuratively bringing a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. What is going on in your marriage is a hundred percent of the spirit. Right. And you are you're you're you know going to the court, writing a letter, talk to the pastor, all these things except what might actually help. Right. Which is doing battle in the spirit. But even for those of us that are in the church or who are followers of Jesus, it's still hard for us to grasp hold of that. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying, I'm only saying him so that no one knows who I'm talking no, about. I know. I can tell it, you about people in the church do the same I stuff. Know, but I'm saying, you know, I mean, I'm nearly 50 and been at this thing for a long time. And, and I think that when we're talking about what it means for us to pray, uh, th- there, there is. There is just part of that, uh, well, yeah, I, I already do that. Or, you know, there's got to be more to it. Uh, yeah. And, and and I know that there's not. Yeah. I, it, it, what comes to my mind is, is there anything more difficult than, or, you know, just um, complex than trying to raise kids into adults? Yeah. And it's the same tools, yeah. prayer, Bible, and church. Yeah. Well, I would be putting myself at such a deficit of the things I want to do if I didn't. Um, use the church to raise Britain. Right. And if now at 20, what is he, 23 or four, if he doesn't put himself in a church, bro, 
you are putting yourself at such, you know, you're down 50 points just by not going to church. If you have the goal of raising a family that honors God. And I know that's his goal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they are weapons and, and I think that we've got to, we've got to utilize them. And I think that that's why I appreciate the first things first, because without these, there, there is no winning yeah. for the, for these. Imagine someone calling a, a physical trainer and saying, Hey, my, my, um, doctor just told me I got heart problems. I need to lose a hundred pounds. I need to get it done by tomorrow. Like, bro, you need a time machine is what you, yeah. you've already not done it. We can start from here and yeah. let's start from here. Yeah. And that's, I, people do that. Like the marriage, my work, I need money. I need whatever it is. It's prayer Bible church, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, we were, we were, I remember one time when I was a youth minister in the town of Panhandle. Mm-hmm. It's, again, that's a sister church of Alfalfa. Uh, but we, you know, I remember one night we were praying, uh, me and this other guy were praying inside the church and we were praying for people to be saved, which is what, which is what we're praying for, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and I remember praying, like, are we just going to sit here and pray and people were going to be saved like that, like that coming week or that. And, and, and my, my faith gets challenged very easily because right. I know it's the right thing to pray, but it almost seems like too simple mm-hmm. uh, in, in some ways and i remember that uh i just wrote down I, I remember writing it down and i just wrote down this prayer and i just kind of held on to this prayer and we began to just kind of see how god was working around us and working through us and we did see people say in this little town we just began to see people uh who were ba- we baptized 49 people that year at panhandle in, pa- in the town of panhandle wow and what was so significant to me was that uh, my own recognition that the prayer was, it was right there, but it was so hard. It, it, it shouldn't have been that hard is what right. I'm trying to say. It right. shouldn't have been that hard for me to pray for people to be saved. It was like you had the most powerful weapon in the world just sitting on the shelf for a while. And it was right there. And, and, I, and you're saying that what, what triggered that is what you're saying about Britain is what I feel about Madison and you know, my own kids. But then we got Dom in here. Like yeah. I, you know, I'm thinking about like what all of the people like to actually pray for. Them. I, I I actually th- it sounds so. I know this is gonna sound really weird. I woke up on Saturday morning and I thought it was Sunday morning, and I I started praying. Mm-hmm. And and I, I I mean I just I, I started praying for you. I started praying for Sunday, and then I was like, oh wait, it's not. It's I'm I'm a day early on this. I ain't day. praying for but, Brian on yeah, Saturday. Like Brian's on his own today. Um, but I think that there's like that that understanding that God is calling us to like actually call upon him. We, he is the one who has all the power. We just can't reduce these as um, just rhetoric or just like go through the motions and, you know, say, but there's something powerful. We're calling upon the name of the almighty God. And, and I, I, I really felt like that came through yesterday. That, that, that's what I, I feel like the weapon part really came through to me yesterday. Well, I, I hope so. I mean, and I, I like to highlight church. You just highlight a prayer. Same thing with the word of God. That's why when we talked about negative self-talk and, um, fake positive affirmation yeah. and all that stuff, I went to, um, John chapter three and second yeah. Corinthians five. Cause it's, you know, you, put yourself in the word of God or put yeah. yourself in Proverbs or the Psalms or whatever. And it's, you know, it d- dashes or a, uh, does tears down the strongholds of those thoughts in our minds. Yeah. 
Yeah, you did emphasize John 3, uh, uh, the last part of John 3, 3, 3. Yeah. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And I, I think that when we like recognize the power of, of God's word, um, those those things come out. And yeah, I think it's powerful that, that there's these weapons that we, they are right available for us. <laughs> yeah. And underutilized. So that's... Um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll finish with this. That you, you brought this place of uh, what do you want me to do? And you told the story about when you were a kid. You finished it with or in the second service. Yeah, they were different. Fin- yeah, uh, about when you were 13. And I love that. I, I just want to hear you say it again. Well, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't remember which church dad was in at yeah. the time. It, yeah. it was either here or that. It doesn't matter, but. I remember being convicted of my sins and I had spent a long time knowing that I was a good kid, knowing that I wouldn't say the same words that the other kids did on the playground. And I invited my friends to church, come listen to my dad preach and come to my Sunday school class. And, and I thought of that as really good, but, but for whatever reason at 13 years old, it just hit me that that's good. But what about all this bad stuff? It's not going to get me out of the bad stuff. Yeah. So, you know, dad was saying those very things when he was preaching the sermon and I walked down the aisle, which is what they did at that church. I just walked down there and shook his hand and I said, dad, I, I want to get saved, you know? Yeah. And, and I guess what I was bringing all that up is it's that very, what happened to me as a little kid yep. is what Brooke would call, it's the thing that puts out the fiery darts of the evil one. Okay, so it's with the shield of faith with which we can extinguish the fiery darts of the evil one. She talks about that all the time. So where do you get the shield of faith? Well, when I was 13, the simplest, some people would say goofiest situation. I'm shaking my dad's hand like I don't know him. (laughs) And he's telling me to kneel in a pew that's probably not even there anymore. They probably taken him out and put in some chairs. But I knelt down on my knees, you know, while they're singing a hymn. And I think it was a Sunday night, so there's probably very few people in right. the church. Yeah. And I asked, hey, um, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. That's an act of faith. He gave me faith. And it's that very same faith right. that at 48, I'm fighting off fear of death. Yeah. I'm, I know that I'm getting older. Parts of me don't work like they're supposed to. My knee don't work good. And I, I can feel death starting to come into the... Uh, picture yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm feeling the the um limited life of my parents yeah. that don't go on forever yeah. i'm fighting all this stuff off with this shield right that's winning the war where did i get that it's the gospel yeah. it's the same gospel i believed at 13 yeah and brother i tell you one of these days i'm going to brooke's funeral or she's going to mine and we're going to need that shield of faith to fight off the fiery darts of the evil one that will say God obviously doesn't love you or he wouldn't do this to you. Yeah. Yeah. I And I know there's there's a big part of that that it just resonates with me because I got a little bit of a similar upbringing. Uh, shook my dad's hand and, and all of those things. When, you know, he's standing down there. But I think that I hold on to that as well, that this is that same level of faith and commitment. Um, it is just as available. Uh, in this moment, uh, it for for my kids, for yeah. for my own need, for my own situation, the things I don't like, that my own sin, uh, present tense uh, sin, and to understand that 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 is what the weapon looks like, uh, and it's almost like I, I mean, I'm picturing your dad, and I you know I'm picturing my dad. Um, he's just giving you a glimpse at the weapon, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, 
the weapon, it's right there. You know how to use it. Yeah. Here, here's where it is. And you're going to use it, you know, um, more and more. Uh, I'm going to see my dad. I'm, I'm, my dad, you know, passed away. But uh, I'm going uh, down to Houston this week yeah. and see my mom. And um, But I've got these notebooks. Dozens of them. I, I think I found three like 350 files on his phone oh yeah tons and tons of his prayers wow from like i've got a prayer from like when i was like eight years old of him praying for me and my brother and my mom and he just wrote out these prayers and uh and i love that but you, you, we were talking this week or you texted this week about writing some things for your grandson, yeah. you know, and, and I'm challenged to write things for my grandson and, and, and to just understand that this isn't just, we're not wishing them good luck. We're not crossing our fingers for them and saying, we're cheering you on, that this is the power of God that we're like bringing into their lives, that we're calling upon God for their lives that to be able to, to exercise that. And that's, that there, there is part of that where I'm mentioning my dad. Cause like, it's like, he's praying, praying over me. He's praying for me, mm-hmm. praying things from when I was eight. Yeah. Now he, he, I, my dad wrote down prayers for God to provide money to be able to pay the electric bill. But then he's writing the follow-up prayer. Thank you God for providing the plumbing job that allowed me to do that. And you're just like seeing it unfold. And like, this isn't just like fairy tale stuff. Right. And, yesterday during the sermon like i was this is the real stuff like this is the real stuff you're not just you're not dancing over the stuff or you know so everybody let me teach you how to wish upon a star like this is the real stuff and so i I appreciated the sermon yesterday good deal man prayer bible church we don't need to get away from those things that's it that's it all right hey i love you guys press on